Welcome to, to the wind down. It's your girl Kill and your girl Tia. And on today, we're gonna be talking about food politics. Now you know we like to give y'all some good old, good old. You know what I'm saying? And we are transitioning, making our way, making our way downtown, walking fast, We are approaching the holiday season. And you know what's happening during the holidays? Good old food, good old eating, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Spending all that good money. (sighs) Baby. And one of the first holidays on this holiday season stop is Thanksgiving. And so we just want to talk about politics on food and, you know, how it affects us. How how it's affecting us in this new dawn. I know, right? It's so crazy because we were talking about um, how the government kind of like have their hand in everything Mm -hmm. and how a lot of these small family run farms are now big government farms Mm -hmm. and how is that really affecting the food that we receive in our grocery stores. Girl, check out, when I was at good old Eastern Illinois University, I had a class and we watched, it's called Corn Fed, Corn Something. And it basically talks about how, you know, like farming, it talks about how we as millennials specifically have been basically raised and born and bred with corn in our system. But that's a whole nother topic. That's not for today's conversation. But for today, I do want to talk about this video that I saw. It's a TikTok. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it on TikTok. I saw it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it's a good brother. um, And he is discussing the history of rice. Yes. The history of rice. Yes, Mm -hmm. rice. And how um, Europeans, specifically Spaniards, Mm -hmm. have adopted, have Mm co-opted rice. Mm -hmm. And that rice is actually a African, Afro-Asian, Afro-Eurasian mm-hmm. um, dish. Yes. And um, he was saying how because of trade, because of my migration, and because of custom, rice and a lot of Spanish dishes, specifically Mexican, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, Dominican dishes they think oh this is you know um indigenous to our culture mm-hmm. and it's not it is african mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I find that interesting i mean i i think that that is interesting and a lot of the things that we think right we think they came from the others when a lot of us know that you know a lot of this stuff was stolen um, a lot of everything was stolen from a multitude of people. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the cooking techniques and the things that we cooked were also stolen. Because think about it. You didn't have much then in mm-hmm. Africa. So how do you feed a group of people? But that, that's but that's what they tell us though. Yeah. But see, oh, yeah. but the but the continent is rich of everything. Why would Europeans want to colonize and cultivate there. Oh no, no, no. I totally believe that. And so and so but that's what we have been indoctrinated with in believing that 
it's minimal. And so what was what was profound for me with watching this video was the parallels to these uh, signature dishes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like we know I love jollof. Mm -hmm. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. I ain't gonna say what my favorite is because I ain't trying to start no controversy. <laughs> but I do have a favorite jollof rice from my favorite place. Um, and jollof is very similar to like Spanish it's rice. rice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? But Spanish rice comes from jollof. But we have to think. And when he was who was talking about, it, I'm like that makes sense. Because North Africans, mm -hmm. North East Africans, colon, let, me, let me rephrase that, let me take that back. North North Af Africans took the Spaniards out of the Dark Ages, mm -hmm. and they brought their spices and their traditions with them. Mm -hmm. Was and so and because and rice techniques, how you make rice, different ways of making make, rice, oh yeah, absolutely, is all over the continent, right. And so when he was speaking and thinking of the Moors, it's like, yes, the Moors went into Spain mm -hmm. and they were there for a multitude of time. Mm -hmm. a, a, a hello along, right? Like, I want to say 500 years, but I could be wrong. And they took uh, Europe as a whole, actually, but specifically Spain, out of the Dark Ages. And so when you do that, you leave your mark. Right. And one of those things is food. Yeah. Right? And so they so when Spain starts to colonize the world and they go to places we know of as the Caribbean, Spanish speaking Caribbean people. They take Mexico and they take those and brand it as their own. As their own. Mm -hmm. And so he was talking about how this African rice dish is very similar to this Spanish rice dish. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you know, people don't want to give black people their credit. They never do. They never do. They never will. But going trans transitioning, let's talk about the trans slave trade, right? And how African people came to the States and we were not, before they were the States, the, the colonies, mm -hmm. and then they became the States. Um, let me act like I got a, you know what I'm saying. Um, but the, the colonies then became the states and they had their traditions, but they weren't given much what you were saying, right? right? They were given the scraps of, exactly. and we, we consider them now soul food, right? So our macaroni and cheese, our collard greens, our turtle greens, our chitlins, our, Wait, now me, my mom was talking about this today. How oxtails is it's a thing, is, but not even a mm -hmm. thing. Bitch, how expensive it is! Yeah, how chicken wings? Chicken wings was the 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 throwaway Boy part yeah. parts of the chicken. Yeah, how expensive it is, and so we we chicken wings, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, um, uh, um. Chicken. No, I'm no, not no. Chicken. Uh, chitlins. Chitlins. Ham. Ham. All of that. All of that. Anything that was scrapped. Scrap. And making it this soul food, what we consider we soul We consider soul food. And I was thinking of um, the other thing you think of lettuce, but it's not lettuce. It's um, It comes in a bloom like lettuce. What, the cabbage? Cabbage. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay. Cabbage, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know many, and I've 
associated and have many white friends I other than Irish people because you have right 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 mm-hmm. but that's a thing of poverty you want to say yeah right so and how we prepare it is different but yeah it's it's amazing and so now it's become commercialized right right we have the debates on social media is macaroni and cheese a dish or a side, side right girl it is so oh my god when when you when I think about food and I think about the politics behind food and uh, just to give everybody a little bit of background, I did work in the uh, food industry for a while. I managed a department in a grocery store, a major chain. And when I think about the things that I saw, now I'm not saying I saw anything bad in there, but when I saw the different type of foods that we had, and it depended it depended on where I was because I did work in a couple different neighborhoods guys okay so I did work in a black neighborhood I worked in a Mexican neighborhood I worked in a low-class white neighborhood and I worked in an affluent white neighborhood and when I think about just the politics that are working even within our business and our business model on what it is that we're going to be selling in these particular stores opposed to other stores um I remember I was uh, working um, an overnight shift because the program that I was in, I had to learn every aspect of the store. So I was working an overnight shift, and I was working in the black neighborhood, and um, I was in this one particular aisle. And in this aisle, you have the Kool-Aid right next to the packs of ramen noodles. Yes. Now, this is the way this store is set up. Now, it's not always set up like that, but this is the way that this store was set up because this is where you go to get single pack items mm-hmm. out of this out of this uh place. So what we would do in this particular store is we would get the packs of noodles, the, the packs of ramen noodles, you know, beef, shrimp, chicken, mm-hmm. and we would open them open those up mm-hmm. and put them individually mm-hmm. onto the aisle. You sell them for cents, cents on a dollar. dollar. Exactly, mm-hmm. as opposed to having a the whole pack. The like whole you can go pack. to Sam's or Costco or whatever. Right. And we did have those. So, you yeah. know what I'm saying? We did have it. But it would be more times than not that people would come to the store and maybe just have a dollar and need something to eat. For lunch quickly. or exactly. whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, um, I say that to say when I started to move around, right, I would ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. just, just out of curiosity. Like, why do we sell this um, this way? And when I started to move to the other stores, I, I realized that that wasn't a thing. That if the stores that I was working in were not near college towns or, or not near colleges within the city, mm-hmm. then they weren't doing that. There wasn't an influx of the ramen noodles in the store. You may have two packs or so. And then I started thinking like, well, why are we like, like, like in, in our business model, why is this a thing? And then I started to talk because I had to learn the store well, this is based off the demographic. Okay, well, if 50% of these people have gone to college, 50% of these people know how to survive off of a pack of ramen noodles. I'm not saying that that's everybody, but majority of people have a college experience where they had to eat that, right? Why don't we sell more of it? No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. The people up here don't buy that. You're saying in the affluent areas. In the affluent areas. It's so funny that you bring that up because where I live is for the most part working white not work working white middle class right 
Um, so the grocery store, of course, right, reflects that demographic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you saying that, I go into the grocery store and I'm thinking about the aisle where they have the single um the single items mm-hmm. for like ramen noodles. It's not near the Kool-Aid. I don't even know where the Kool-Aid is because I don't think about it because I haven't drank Kool-Aid in mm-hmm. I don't know how long. But so if you think about the ramen noodles and it's in like a soup aisle. Mm-hmm. But it's not near a college town though. But it's not near it's not near college students. I don't live nowhere near college people. Mm-hmm. But it's in a place where people are working class individuals Mm -hmm. right and it has and that aspect has nothing to do with race but it has to do with class class and money class class. and money right and class yeah yeah class so it makes me think it's like i i people think black people as well believe that class trumps race they do, but I believe that race trumps class, mm-hmm. and why I believe this is because no, no, no matter where you go in the world, you always gonna be black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It don't matter where you go, you are gonna be black. Mm-hmm. Now your nationality may change, and that may have something to do with it. But they don't care. They get to how much money you make last. And we've seen this time and time again. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to me that because you worked in a place where it was class and race, Mm -hmm. right? It was affluent and it was white. Yeah. So it had to do with the dynamic in the store and what people will buy. And that's true. Like, if our listeners don't know, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for four years. And I'll go, and I'm thinking a lot of times, you know, we think black folks, they don't want vegetarian food. Right. And that is so poor Poor, to think, right? And more black vegetarians than not. And not. But when I go into the store and I, and I live near a lot of white um, people or white Hispanics or, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not the, I, it's hard for me to find the vegetarian section outside of certain items. I'm talking about the frozen food section. I'm like, what the fuck? Where, it is, where is it? But see, now we're getting into a whole, you know? a whole different thing that ties location and food politics together and and I'm saying that because I worked in this industry so um the the store that I worked at the first store I worked at was a African-American um influenced store and I'm going to say that because it was it was right on the edge of downtown um I know you guys have probably well, if you don't know, it's in the Bronzeville area. If you're if you're from Chicago, from Chicago, you would know. If you're not from Chicago, I'm sorry. Yeah. So it was. It's in the Bronzeville area, and it wasn't the best store, but for a long time, it was the only grocery store, which is terrible because we're talking about deserts, right? So this, so this is what so I was about transition. to get into. Okay. So with the politics around it, right, where this store is located. A bus, uh, a a bus that runs from the far south side 
to the far ends of downtown mm-hmm. go right by this bus. Mm-hmm. So the politics behind it was basically that if they can get to this store by CTA, we don't have to give them another store Grocery in store. the area, right? Because they're not buying a whole bunch of stuff. So why give them two stores when they only go in, and I'm just using the ramen noodles, for instance, buying $20 worth of... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. But like That's the politics around it. So then when you get to the vegetarians and the people who want different options, you have to go into those other neighborhoods where the food is a little bit better. The produce is a little less damaged, right? Because they value this. They value that. Like, as if to say that we Black don't. folks don't value as it. As if to say that we don't. Let me tell you something. So, I talked about the area that I live in. I could tell you from my house... I can count on my hands on the upside of how many grocery stores I live by. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not talking a, a 15 mile radius. I'm not talking a 10 mile radius. I'm talking five. No, like maybe there's literally ten. Maybe you turn ten. left, there's one. Maybe you turn right, ten. There's one. Maybe ten. Yeah. Give or take. And it's the same grocery chain. Same grocery chain. And but no, no. And another. I mean, grocery chain. Yeah. We're talking about two grocery chains in a five to fifteen mile radius, mm-hmm. and that's very common in areas where there are more white, more white people, Caucasian people. <laughs> Say what it is, because in black neighborhoods, and I'm just going to use where I grew up, for instance. Um, if you're from Chicago, you know I grew up in what they would consider the hundreds, wild hundreds, whatever. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Which is broken up in a multitude of different neighborhoods. Right. Or whatever. But the one that I'm talking about, just yeah. all hundreds. Yeah. Right? So, there was a grocery store, a, a grocery store, and I did work for this chain. It was right on 115th and Halsted. Mm-hmm. Same as, same thinking, mm-hmm. right? If the people in this neighborhood but they get, I just want to say, if the people in this neighborhood, but I'm going to tell you why, and I only know this because of inside. I know, because you work there. It's so, right. It's so mad. But, but they had, so we had the grocery store right there on 115th and mm-hmm. Halsted. Yeah, I know. And whatever reason, they didn't renew the lease or whatever. They moved this grocery store maybe 15 to 25 blocks west. Mm-hmm. So the people who live where I live and in that area where that jewel were now have it a little bit harder to get to this grocery store. Now, let me tell you, let me paint another picture for you. There was a meat market that was off of 130th in the expressway. It was called um, East. Yeah, 130th. It's um, Rosebud. Rosebud oh, Farm. Oh, Rosebud Farm. Yeah, yeah, Rosebud yeah. Rosebud Farm. Mm-hmm. And that's where, oh, yeah. that's where a lot of the people in the Argyle Garden Gardens area would get their food. Mm-hmm. Not now closed for whatever reason, but they would get their food from there, their meat and stuff. And a lot of people would travel over there because a local bus ran right in front of it. Okay, go ahead. But what I'm saying is, they so where that the first store was on Hosted. 
The only the, thing the that chain was the store. chain store. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was next to it was a Halsted Mall, right? It was mm-hmm. the Halsted Mall. It was just mm-hmm. a bunch of collectives of stores, of right? Stores, yeah. and they were bringing in traffic, right? And the idea behind it is, well, you have this store next to you. If the people go in here and shop long enough, they may want to get their groceries, and they'll come next door, mm-hmm. right? That then closed. Mm-hmm. So we only had the grocery store for a while. Mm-hmm. The 15 to 25 blocks going west, there was a target that was coming into the community. Mm-hmm. So what do we do now? There's this big shopping mall that is, or shopping center mm-hmm. that get, that's being built. Potentially. Let, right. Mm-hmm. Let's move our store there. And it's still there. However, it's very hard for people to get there. Mm-hmm. Very, very hard. The target now is no longer there. So the idea that people are going to go and shop in Target, which also has groceries of their own, right? They're going to go and shop in Target that could potentially come to our store. Now, it is placed, it is directly off of an expressway, right? It's off of an expressway Mm -hmm. exit. So if you're thinking, I'm just getting off work, I'm going to run in really quickly, I'm going to get the food. Compared to the other location. Exactly, which was not by an expressway. And this is all fine and well, but the politics behind it all... They did not consider the people in the neighborhood who were displaced. Now you've made this part of the area more of a food desert mm-hmm. and did not more consider, than what it was. Exactly. Did not consider all of these things as opposed to just what the bottom line could be. And one thing you were is a multitude of things that you were saying and like my brain was like lighting up. Right? Mm-hmm. So You have this chain grocery store, right? But, and you were talking about the other, the meat market. Mm-hmm. That since closed. But it's the the direction and for them to travel to the grocery store is a nice distance. Oh, yeah. Very nice distance. Right? Very nice distance. And that goes, we're, and then we're going to be talking about housing because yes. it's considered a housing project a housing development mm-hmm. right so it's closed right it closed what grocery store do, do they have so then they have the grocery store that you were speaking of on hosted mm-hmm. that's closed what the fuck other grocery store do they have to go to exactly nothing exactly okay then you move you talk about this chain grocery store moving further west right now it's in a central location. I get business model, right? Mm-hmm. It's in a central location. It's right off the expressway. It's in the midst of both neighborhoods, essentially, kind of, kind, Not, of. kind of. Not really, because Argyle is on the other side of a completely different, different expressway. expressway, and a whole another on the other side of a different street. Yeah, two street, two main streets. Yeah. But all right, cool. You say okay. It's it's a central location. You talked about another chain locate another chain store who has their own groceries. They the fuck close right, and it's the in a location where it's predominantly black people. Mm-hmm. They close. All right, fine. Which is stupid to me. But they close. You still have another grocery store there and other businesses. But it was the anchor store for that mall. Right. Right. 
because it did bring it brought a it lot brought, of that was the there. reason why exactly. other businesses came there yeah because it was the anchor store mm-hmm. it closes now the the chain grocery store you're speaking of is the anchor store now right because that target that that they close right so if you go further west i can count one two three four good five grocery stores and see, the thing is, where this store... In a 25-mile radius. radius. See, on Halstead, right, the and medium income... No, no, I, I was just about to bring that up. The medium income over on the Halstead side is mm-hmm. not a lot, right? I don't... I don't east I don't, of Halstead. Yeah, east of Halstead. It's mm-hmm. not a lot. The average home is about $125,000. Most people having paid off their homes have been in their mortgages for over 30 years, right? Now, you move it to the west side of Marshfield. What's on the other side of Marshfield? Morgan Park. Mm-hmm. Now, Morgan Park may have its areas, right? It may have its areas. But, but if you go the, over the track, it depends on Metra. But it depends on what side of Morgan Park. East Morgan Park or West Morgan Park. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They have, Morgan Park has its side. So yes. let's just say if you go on the side of Metra, on the other side of Metra, going closer towards Western, mm-hmm. and if you start going back, right, they're looking at this whole demographic. So mm-hmm. Morgan Park and Beverly together. Mm-hmm. If people who live in yeah. that area mm-hmm. have to get off on 115 or 119th, then they're willing to stop here. And they have the money. Because even in this store, it's in a what you would consider an African-American neighborhood. But because I work there, I'm like, why are they selling this? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, who buying this? Who buying that? And you see different people But let there. me tell you, though. That store you're speaking of on, on 119th and Marshfield, mm-hmm. they have more vegan and vegetarian options. Yes. Then the one by you. The one by me. Yeah. Which is... Bonkers to me. But I'm telling you, this is the reason why. And I only know this because I work for them. I, <laughs> this store is right off of the expressway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now think about it. Yeah. 119th is a big stop, right? Yes. Now some people may get off on 111th, but when you get off on 111, and if people who are listening from Chicago, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you get off on 111, what's right there? It is a liquor store and it is a family 111th and what? Right off the expressway. Right off. Oh, oh, you talking about 111th and Marshall. Right, okay. mm-hmm. so there's a liquor store there, mm-hmm. and there's a Family Dollar there. Mm-hmm. Okay, now if you get off at 111th, you have to go up and you have to go to Fair Play. Now Fair Play is a completely different ballgame. Their their prices are really expensive, and sometimes they don't have. Sometimes not. It's cheaper. Sometimes, but no, I'm saying is a lot of time it's cheaper because why? No, we shop there mm-hmm. compared to who you're speaking, of, who the chain you're speaking of. It's Cheaper, they have like way more deals. Well, and, yes, and they, they do run they a have, lot of deals. They run a lot of deals. Now, the chain you're speaking of, their produce is fresher, right? And that's that's the part. That's the only right? part that I'm talking about. Because I, I feel like people shop around for produce a lot. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I'm saying that to say, if you. If you're thinking, okay, I want to go to a larger grocery chain, then mm-hmm. I'm going to get off the expressway and I'm going to come down to this grocery chain and I'm going to shop here. Mm-hmm. And their motto is, well, if they get off the expressway and they come here, then we put all the options here. 
and we get the money and this makes sense and we're building the community and we're building jobs and things like that and they may be but the politics around it it's right? so stank it's, i don't like it at all and i it's like what i learned about like what a food desert was because chicago has a lot of food deserts and that's where we live if you are our listeners um and we've talked about this a, multi- a multitude of times yeah we have on our podcast that we are I mean, I'm I'm Town, born and raised, like, the blood of me, right? And it's... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the food desert. And because of... We are a city of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so, food politics comes up because... Because we're a city of neighborhoods, and because we're a city that is a very still in 2021... Yeah. Segregated. Oh, very much so. It has to do with the consumerism around shopping where you go to get your food. Like, and you were speaking of west of Marshfield, and how you can go west of Vincennes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you go to Western, it's one grocery chain, another grocery chain. Like, there, I can, the stretch of not even. All of the stretch of Western. I'm talking maybe a 10-mile radius. 15. I'll give it 15. How many grocery stores? Mm, 20. How many grocery stores? It is in that spend compared to East of and... Because of not just the racial aspects, right? The socioeconomic aspects. Mm -hmm. Because when you talk about people who live west of, they're working middle class individuals. East of is working poor. And that's just... That's just just on that. And that's period. But see, that's the other thing. It's like... If we have more people that are working west of, then we put more stores over there because we no, put, not wor- not working poor. No, 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 working, working middle, middle working, working middle, middle class. class. Yes. We'll put more stores over there because now we have more people shopping in a multitude of different areas. We can afford all the mortgages and all the the leasing rents, and we can get everything to <laughs> yeah. come in. And our departments are making an influx of money, and it's not you know the first of the month when the link cards are coming on and this and you know that, as opposed to east of, and we put. One store over here, funnel all the money in. We have one lease that we have to pay, and we may have like periods within the month where it's gonna definitely fall off when these people don't have a lot of money and then pick up in certain areas. But when you were speaking of this, that one grocery chain, you was like, "Oh, they're pro, they're you were spe- you were talking about produce mm-hmm. being more expensive, right?" Mm-hmm. I was thinking where the location is compared to the other grocery chain on western it's the east on the side of, of western. western yep it's and who was shot who was shopped there it's, western. it's the people who are on them on that side of working park that ain't affluent and it's like i mean like seriously <laughs> no no true no like like that's real talk even though like i come from a working middle class family and my family shop at this this store all the time. My family too. All the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they don't even really, like, they shop at the, the grocery chain that you worked at. 
of course. I shop there all the time, mm -hmm. but they shop. My family shop the, the grocery chain you were speaking of that you didn't work at all the time, and compared to the other ones, and it's not even a money thing; it's a racial thing. Mm -hmm. Because my grandmother was like, even if the store isn't owned by black people, it's more black people working there. Yeah. So it's more black people getting a check mm -hmm. compared to not. And think about it. If more black people are working there, who's going to shop there? More black, black people. people. More black people. If I hire somebody that looks like you, would you be willing to come into my store? Yes. Would you be willing to shop with me? Yes. Would you be willing to spark up a conversation with me? Yes. Yeah. And now you're personable. Now you've made a connection with me. And now my politics research makes sense because you're going to continue to it shop It does. Here. But the, even though, though, even though, though, <laughs> <laughs> even though what like, grinds my gears is that we don't get, we were, you spoke on this, the freshest of produce. Yeah. Because you were walking that, that store we speaking mm -hmm. of that our family goes to. Um, and the produce isn't really that fresh mm -mm. compared to the chain you worked at. Yeah. The produce, and it's the sad part, the produce isn't that fresh. And it's like, that's what they give black folk. Yeah. Is the least, medium grade or to lower grade produce. Yeah. And it's sad because... I, like I said, I've worked at a bunch of different uh, locations. locations, and I'm always looking at that, right? Mm -hmm. Always looking to see what produce we may sell at these stores that we don't sell at the other stores. I remember it was, um, the the fruit is called a leche. Please don't kill me if, if that's not how you pronounce it. I can't remember. I've only encountered this fruit one time. Mm -hmm. I was working at a store on the north side. And our produce manager was letting everyone taste it because it was a new fruit that we were getting in. It was the flavor. I mean, it. I can't even really like describe. It was so good. It was so good, right? But because it was new, Forbidden they didn't it. introduce. No, 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 no. The people in this store wanted it. They tested it in another store on the south side. So nothing. And the thing about it is, is people don't want to buy new. Right, I was reading mm -hmm. something. There's a um, they want to buy what they're used what to. they're used to. I was reading um, on a website. It's uh, foodpolitics.com, and I believe the young lady's name is Marion um, Nestle. I believe that's her name. I'm gonna pull it up. Um, but one of the books that she read, and I, I want to make sure that I quote it correctly, but one of the books that she did some research on, I want to quote it. the The person who was speaking at the time. Oh, I was talking about cauliflower. Okay, so here's the book. The name mm -hmm. of the book is How the Other Half Eats, mm -hmm. right? And I don't want to butcher this um, young lady's name, but it's the untold story of food and inequality in America, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the excerpt from page 253. And this made sense to me from working at the grocery store, right? Because, and around this fruit. I'm not going to buy something. Anyway, let me read it. Let me read it. So it says, from page 253. And I quote, it is one thing to be able to find and afford a head of cauliflower, but it's another to want to buy that cauliflower, to choose to spend one's money on that cauliflower at the expense of other purchases, to have the time and tradition to cook 
that cauliflower and to possess the patience to weather one's child's complaints and pleas mm. for macaroni and cheese and soldier on to feed that cauliflower to one's child. Only a handful of parents I met had all of these things, end quote. Now, I say that to say, if it's something that is new, we are less prone to, to spend our it. money on it yeah. because of a multitude of different things that are happening, right? I don't know. that I, I didn't read the book. But I can identify with what this person is saying, right? And let's just let's just paint the picture. Single parent, have a child, right? Work a nine to five, spend two hours commuting back and forth home. Macaroni and cheese is one of the easiest things to make in all of 10 minutes. My child loves it because they have been eating it since they were a little child. Here I am bringing this white piece of food in front of them, and they don't want it as opposed to this yellow food that they are so used it's to white. eating. Well, I like cauliflower though. But I, I'm, I'm just saying, I love cauliflower. But what I'm saying is, is if if you think of that situation, right? You think of that, and you're like, this makes sense, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm more prone to not want to introduce my children to something that is new, something that is healthier. One because I don't have the resources to decide. Well, I'd rather buy one head of cauliflower as opposed to three boxes of macaroni and cheese. That's three nights of dinner. Three easy nights of dinner. I don't want to do that. And I'm not saying that it's actually three, but I'm just giving the analogy. Three easy nights of dinner with a child as I'm trying to put them down to bed as I come off of my already stressful day. I'm not willing to do that. I don't have the patience to do that. I don't have the, the availability to do that. And I say that to say when I worked in those neighborhoods on the north side of the city, I would see people walking their dogs on a, in a, on a damn on, in a grocery store. But I'm on my way there, though. See them walking their dogs in their workout clothes at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. Where do you work? Now, that could have been their off day. I don't know these people. It could have been their off day. But more times than not, that was the picture. Whatever they done for themselves, whatever investments that they made to get their lives where they were, or having the availability or whatever. But I, I reflected on this and reflected on my time at the store like those people that they speak of those other people that they speak of have the time have the patience and have the quote-unquote tradition to take the time to spend their money on things that most people don't have the freedom and availability to do so but that also goes with the politics why is this stuff so much more expensive in our neighborhoods than in some other neighborhoods or why are we not paying people enough money to be able to afford food i mean that's a completely different topic as we come off of COVID and come off of our shutting place orders and being quarantined and people losing jobs and people still not getting jobs back how do we make sure that people can eat yeah how do we try to get people to be healthier I mean because think about it if we can catch COVID you don't think animals can catch COVID too so I now mean, are we going to have they mad they cow food they already, they already didn't say it it's just, I don't know. But I'm just saying. It's too much. Uh, but to talk about food politics and historical aspect, right? Like I started this, um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Podcast. We coming up on Thanksgiving, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And that bitch don't really be eating that much. 
mean, you don't be eating. I don't people eat. People be eating. Eat. People be eating. I'm talking about me. Yeah. I don't be. I used to. Yeah. I used to, but I don't be eating that much that no more. But I used to, and just going into. How did they steal our stuff? I don't like that. Oh, how they steal our stuff? Oh, yeah, I don't like I mean, how they sold our stuff. I don't like how we go to the grocery store nowadays and it's all expensive. Like, I got to go in there and turkey wings was like $2 and now it's like $15. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Jim? Jim. If it's any gyms out there. <laughs> I'm not talking about the white ones. I'm not talking about the black ones. Talking about the white ones. If you were not eating these things beforehand, right? Please don't, don't buy them right now right. during this time of year, right? Because haha, your girl and her family are trying to buy them. Yeah, da, 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 da. that's my commercial. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't like it. It bothers me. It bo- it like you know how you got that twinkle in the bottom of your body and the it comes up. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when I see people and they're like, oh, like I was watching, I sent it to you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was a little hee hee on Instagram. It was, I think it was a TikTok. And it was like, you know, black folks was like, okay, what's the menu? What we making? What we finna do? And it was like, who making the percent salad? Right. And it was like, you know, such and such been to make the potato salad and it's going to have this and a third and it was not favorable. Listen. <laughs> you can't be making stuff if you ain't been making stuff. Now, Let me just, say, just, cranberries yeah. don't go in the potato salad. Stop trying to mix and wrap and wrap and mix the macaroni and cheese. Like, we not doing that. We not doing that. And that's what I'm talking about. This is when I'm talking about the politics of food coming to the holiday season. I'm talking about, listen, man, I don't want to come to your house and you got green beans and there's raisins in there. <laughs> what is this? What is this? <laughs> you are so funny. What but is no, like, this? But, but seriously, on a, on a serious note, though, think about. I am serious. I mean, I know. But what it I think about, me. I mean, this is what you're thinking about. What I think about the food politics around Thanksgiving, I'm always thinking about. I mean, everybody makes their own set of food, right? A small batch. But before this became a thing, people would pitch money together to make a big yeah. meal for their family. Every, they still do that. Yeah. And but that's, that's what I'm talking about. When I was this video that I sent you, that you were speaking of the menu. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they're like, okay, we're gonna come together. It's gonna be a potluck. Typically, you know, when you have a big family, yeah, you pollock it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, yeah. These people gonna make, gonna this, make this, this. Right. These people gonna make that. So right. forth and so on. What I'm saying is this. Tavon. Oh my God. <laughs> you done went to college and you got your little girlfriend and she want to come into the family and she like, she gonna make this dish. No, no, no. 
No. The others are not allowed. To no. And saying? the no. The fuck yeah. No. 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 You make that with your family. Your family can eat that. <laughs> We're not eating that over here. And and we we've been black folks been through enough. Yeah. Indigenous people been through enough. We talking about Thanksgiving. We coming up on Thanksgiving. And you know the true meaning and reality of Thanksgiving is genocide. And we try to make it a loving, comforting um, form of fellowship. But that's just another form of guilt that they have to deal with that they just trying to cover up. It is. And you trying to come with raisins. And fruit and things that don't need to be. I but don't do you need that. They probably use raisins because they they like this. They dried up soul. Dry your soul somewhere else. I don't need your soul dried up over here. I'm trying to be happy with my food, especially now that I'm a vegetarian. My my menu is limited. I don't need you to be coming and you got. You know, grapes and dried up raisins and craisins and all that stuff in a potato salad. And we don't have potato salad in my family. I didn't even know that was a thing until I met other black folks. Because we only make potato salad in the summertime. So, if y'all, you know, my good my good folk out there, y'all make potato salad for Thanksgiving. You know, okay, I see y'all. We don't do that over here. But anyway, you know, you, you trying to put nuts in the macaroni and cheese. Stop it. Just Stop. So Just basically stop. what you're saying is we have to make sure that we stay to the traditional soul food. No, and no. by traditional, I mean us. Us. <laughs> yes, the us. <laughs> this is us. Period. This is us. Randall's this, family. Randall's family. Randall, <laughs> the black one. Ah! And all his real relatives are the adoptive ones. Okay? Biological. You hear me? You hear yeah. what I'm saying? Biological ones. His biological family that yeah. didn't know he was gone. Yes. Anyway, anywho, I'm just saying, like, I feel because we've been Christopher Columbus enough. And we've been enslaved enough. Yeah. And we just want to enjoy each other, some good old fellowships, some good old space, some good old beer with, some good old liquor, some good old spirits. You know what I'm saying? We want to have fun. We don't want to stress about who is doing what and how you done fucked up. Listen, I am finna talk about Karen and, and Becky and Susan and how they done the, the, the family meal. But if you went to college and you didn't had a friend and you say you found a dish on YouTube and you want to try it out on Thanksgiving, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do don't do that. Yeah. I'm telling you now, as your good old sister, don't do that. Leave that where it be. Leave that where it may. If it is not something that will be favorable favorite favorable. Favorable? Yes. Favorable. Yes, ma'am. Mm-mm. Don't leave it leave it leave it there. I I, I don't like it. And and it goes to, you know, one of our um, episodes of who's going to be invited to the cookout. The cookout exactly. Leave them where they at on the outside. Don't invite them in the gate. And if you have not listened to that, please go on go. to it. It's available on all streaming platforms. Thanks. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like we have so, as a people, have... 
gone through so much and so much has been taken from us. And we don't, we have a lot, but also we have a little. Yeah. And the little that we do have, we don't need to, we we ain't got much to share with nobody else. I mean, but that goes um, back to what I was saying in our last episode, um, how uh, in the Wonder Years, or in just in period in general, how we had to close our schools to integrate into their schools. So you, you take our comfort zones away from us and then you force us into unknown territory and make us feel like we have to be okay and we don't. All of it's all traumatic. Even in this experience, if you guys are listening, you know, we, we do joke and we do you know, make fun around certain things, but take some time and go to your local grocery store and then go to a grocery store that's outside of your neighborhood and really see like the difference. I don't want you to leave this episode feeling like, you know, where you purchase your food is a traumatic experience for you or makes you think that you aren't where you're supposed to be in life because you are, but there are certain things around you that you just have to be more aware of because, you know, the research is being done on us constantly to build somebody else's bottom line. Just take it into account if there are any parents out there, be ready for when your child gets to the third grade because, baby, they building jails based off your kids' test scores. And that's another episode. So we're going to talk about that. We ain't going to talk about it here. Yeah. We're going to know. We're going to talk about it here. But we're not gonna talk tonight. about it here tonight in this episode. Um, but, I mean, yeah, as we're transitioning and we're coming to the end of the year, can you believe? I know. The year like literally just started yesterday. To the end of the year, oh my god, I, it's like going by my my youth. My Anyways, youth. nobody's listening huh. to her. So I'm just saying, the end of my the youth is coming, it's coming, and it's going, and it's going, and it's coming. But you don't even look as old as you. Are. Anyways, she just fishing for a compliment. So let's give her one. I uh, ain't. Everybody clap. I ain't. That you ain't left the youth ain't left the building, honey. You looks good. Good, 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 good. Your locks is growing, your skin is glowing, your bank account is thriving. What what they saying, baby? What they saying? You look good. Good. Two snaps and a twirl. That wasn't the reason I said that. I'm saying it's because (laughs) the years are passing us by and it's so much that's happening and I believe that the pandemic has a lot to do with that. Yeah. And I feel that the pandemic has exacerbated all the things that we have already been experiencing a hundred times over and food politics is one of them yeah and it's a multitude we only got a tip i mean a very 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 tip tip of it of the iceberg of what's transpiring with the politics of food we didn't even get to Farmers, I'm sorry, guys. I've had like, you know, all of these things this is building up in my spirit. That's like around this topic, and I mean, we didn't even get to like, like you said, like farmers. No, I'm saying like losing farmers their land, losing their land. No, no, I'm not talking about that big government. No, I'm not talking about big government. I'm talking about just. The we talked about a small piece of food deserts, but how deep that goes, mm-hmm. and how it translates into farming, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, food politics is a is a really big topic. Um, I don't know, and how it translates into holidays. Mm-hmm. That's my main part because you know Christmas is coming up too. We didn't get to that either. Not yet, but we will. That whole another month to get there. I mean, but but it's right now, like. It's just sad, because it's the same thing. We be eating the same stuff on Thanksgiving, and we be eating the same stuff on Christmas. Because we do. And we do. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Don't act like like black folks don't be eating the same stuff on Thanksgiving. The meal gets repeated (laughs) on Christmas. Make sure y'all granny don't be freezing the stuff on Thanksgiving, okay? Why don't we freeze that stuff? We don't (laughs) eat it on Christmas. Just, just remake it, okay? Thank you. Um, you know, Christmas though. But that's it. Well, I don't want to leave the people with too, 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 too much. I mean, we always leave with them a lot, but they love us because we love them that's and we true. are family. Oh, guys, we want to shout out Love Corkscrew. It is a black-owned wine company and it's owned by a black woman. I was about to say that. Um, don't don't leave right, that out. Right. No, 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 no. It was owned by a black woman. So today we were tasting the Pinot Grigio. And um, if you're looking for it, you can find it. I know they sell it in Target stores and they also sell it in... Um, Jewel stores. Um, this one is Good Times, Good Friends by Love Quirks Crew, and it's the Pinot Grigio. And this is the very first one that I've ever tasted really? that wasn't really dry. Really? Yeah. Which ones have you had? It don't matter because they don't matter because right now we are featuring Love Quirks Crew. Oh, um, you? See, I'm, I thought you were speaking of the brand. No, 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 oh, not the brand. I'm you saying, saying I'm the saying like type the, of wine, the Pinot right, Grigio. The type of wine. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. This this one okay. is actually a. Really, really good one. I've had their Riesling before, oh, okay. and I've also had, I think it's called their Table Red. Okay. I've had that, too. Um, so, guys, if you get a chance, um, and you can find it at your local Target. I know they also sell it at, um, what's that, Trader Joe's? No, no, really? no. Not, not Trader Joe's. That's not Trader Joe's. Is it um, Whole Foods? Okay. They, that makes it, me they also sell it at okay. Whole Foods. I know that for sure. I typically get it at um, Target. Oh yeah, Target or Jewel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, show I'm, some love, my good old sister. This sister, this brand is really, really, really good. Yeah. Like really good. Yeah, I love it. <coughs> only the only thing I gotta say is put some more dries out there. You know, us big girls like big wine. So yeah, yeah. but I love the Pinot. Um, I've had the dry red. Or wise. I can't remember which one was. I don't think she made a Cabernet, but whatever the dry red she had was really good. I enjoy it. Every time I can find it, I try to pick some up. It's great. Um, another tidbit, I posted a post on our Instagram. And you guys are so quiet. Yeah, guys, make sure that you're engaging with us. We would love to know where you're from, um, what you're thinking, um, how you're enjoying the show so far. Hit us up on our Instagram, DM us. Let us know if there's anything that you want us to cover. Anybody that may want to be, you know, featured, maybe. We could talk about that. But um, we got some really good things coming up in the future for this podcast. Um, So we hope that you guys are enjoying it, staying engaged. 
um, just let us know. Hit us up. We love you guys. You're family. We're family. And you're our family. Yeah, that's your song. We have to try to get that, like, as our outro. <laughs> so. It is, because we're family, like Tia said, we love you guys. Um, and we want to hear from you. You guys always hear from us. Yeah. You're so quiet. I don't know. Do you know if our listeners follow our Instagram? I know some of our listeners do. So I know some of them do. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure with the yeah. analytics and stuff. But um, it's fine. We aren't gonna pressure you guys as long as you listen to the podcast and you're getting some good things and getting you guys some food for thought. That's that's fine. But you know, send a friend like. What they say on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. We don't have a YouTube yet, but you know. Oh, yeah, we're so. getting there. Oh, yeah, we're gonna get a YouTube. That's that's for sure. We'll see our face. Well, I'll leave that for later. Yes, mm-hmm. later. Don't give the people too much. <laughs> <laughs> not too much. Not 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 too too much. But we really love you guys. Um, we hope that as you guys are starting to prepare to spend time with your family, that you're thinking about um, the things that you guys are eating, maybe some of the things that you want to say um, to your family members. As we've all seen, COVID really 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 has been wiping people off the face of the earth to you know say the least i've lost two people um in 2020 um that i really really cared about that i really this is our first you know my first holiday not with both of them so you know make sure that you know you're taking the time to love on your family giving thanks when thanks are due and you know food politics are going to be what they are unless we get some of our listeners up into politics and y'all start changing some stuff now when you do that make sure that you shout us out and let you know you know, <laughs> you know bring us on to your advisory board and we let you know what's going on I know that. that's right i mean yeah i think the uh pandemic has changed all of our lives. Yeah. Not one life has been untouched. Yeah. And I, that's why I want to continue to say that my arms are stretched out to you. Yeah. And that I love you. And that I'm so grateful that you are listening and that you are here. Um, I also have been affected um, by this pandemic. And and not just by, you know, the uncomfort part um, or uncomfortable part, excuse me, um, by this pandemic, but the ones that I love, love, have been lost, love, love, my, the ones that I have loved have been lost, y'all know what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. anywho, anyway, but, yeah, <sighs> um, before we ramble too far and too long and to go too deep, right, into the abyss uh, with this topic, I guess, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We just gonna peace out. We gonna peace out? Yeah. You know, we're gonna leave it, leave it where it's at. Yeah. We're gonna drop it here, drop it like a side. Drop the mic real quick. Insert President Obama gift. <laughs> we love you guys. Um, and I hope you are loving yourselves. Yeah, as you should. As you should. Bye! Bye.